Well, have you learned anything from our quarantine? It was boring. <laughs> Amen. I think that we just got a foretaste of what may be coming. Uh, we have it pretty easy here in the United States, you know, but I was thinking that what we've gone through the last month or so is probably what a lot of people in third world, what we consider third world countries are already going through as far as uh, persecution and having to be underground and not being able to really join together and fellowship. Uh, so we need to just kind of keep that on our hearts. You know, I've been thinking it's so good to be back together and it's so good to, you know, be able to join together and worship and praise, but in all reality, you know, I'm thinking about worship and praise, and really I think what that's all about is just giving us strength so that we can carry on, and uh, we're not done. It's like the song said, if I'm not dead, then he's not done, and I'm not dead, so he must not be done yet. With me, you know, and we can take that a couple of ways. We can take that physically, you know, if I'm still alive and breathing, then God still must have something for me. But at the same time, if I'm not dead to the old man, then he's not done working on me. Hallelujah. And I'm glad that he continues to be patient with me and continues to work on me. I've just been overwhelmed lately by the amount of love that God had for me. That he would send his son to die for me. And I no longer live in a state of death, but I'm alive. I've been resurrected. Christ called me out of the grave just like he did Lazarus. Hallelujah. Brought me out of a pit and set my feet upon a rock. Hallelujah. 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 I'm going to be reading this morning out of Matthew chapter 21. Just want to do a little study here this morning. Before I get into this, I just want to let everybody know, if you want to give me a hug or shake my hand, go ahead. I won't attempt that with you unless you put your hand out or put your hands out to give me a hug. But if I die, I die. I'm better off for it. Hallelujah. We have Jesus in, in this book of Matthew, uh, chapter 21, verse 28, and he's been dealing with, guess who, the Pharisees, trying to get them out of their mindset of what is right as far as godly concerns and godly ideals and they just don't seem to be able to catch on to it and, and here again he's dealing with them and I, so I just want to start here in verse 28 of chapter 21 of Matthew but what thank you this is King James uh, in like a other translation that says what do you think and I want to put that out to you Jesus in all reality is saying here you know I'm going to tell you a story now tell me what you think about it and, you know, God wants us to think about what we're reading or what we're hearing. So this morning, I want you to think about what you're hearing and then see if you agree with it 
See if it's something that you need in your life, uh, you know, or whatever. But we need to think about it. Don't just let it go in one ear and out the other. Let's let it stop in there and get ran around a little bit inside of our brain. Think about it. Meditate upon it. A certain man had two sons. As I read this the other day, I just immediately stopped right there. And I thought, you know, a certain man had two sons. Well, by the laws of nature, we should understand that if a man has sons, he's a father. Right? I think we can agree with that. And he's a certain father. Well, Jesus is telling the story, so I think we understand who he's talking about already. He's talking about his heavenly father. A certain man had two sons, or a father had two sons. Now, I want you to notice there's no defining what these sons are or who they are. There's just two of them. Makes no difference between the two of them. One's not handsomer than the other. One's not smarter than the other. One's not older. But he just has two sons. That's all it says. And I want you to kind of think about this. I know that Jesus is going to get into a little bit different area, but in all reality, you have a split personality. God has two sons or two daughters within you. The spirit and the flesh. And that's kind of what... Christ is dealing with here. He's dealing with the flesh of the Pharisees, trying to get them to look at the spiritual side of things and the value of things. But we have here a father who has two sons, and he came to the first and said, Son, go to work today in my vineyard. You've been given that invitation. Go today and work in my vineyard. The father has given that invitation to each and every one of us. You know, I want you to think about that. What is his vineyard? Well, it's the world in a sense. Wherever his spirit is moving, wherever his uh, reign is, wherever his kingdom is, well, he possesses it all. So wherever uh, (laughs) you go, that's his vineyard. He wants you to work in that vineyard. Now, just as he does not describe the sons here, he doesn't describe what they're going to be doing in the vineyard. So when you come to Christ and you go to work for Christ in his vineyard, he's not saying you're all going to be preachers, you're all going to be teachers, you're all going to play the piano, whatever. He's just going to put you to work in the vineyard where he needs you and where you're most adapted to. I can just imagine, you know, as, as these sons were given this instruction that they probably thought, well, what would I be doing today? You know, what would I be doing in the vineyard today? But here we, it's, it's almost like an invitational command. Son, go and work in the vineyard or in my vineyard. You know, God invites us to work in his vineyard with him. In a sense, it is a little bit of a command in the fact that if we don't go, we're really not fit for the kingdom. Because when we come to Christ... We should come with the intent that we're giving up and we're going to work for him. It's kind of like that old uh, dead of death type thing. You know, he died for me, so now I owe him my life. So when the father says to his son here, go work today in my vineyard, the son probably doesn't know exactly what he's going to be doing. He'll find out when he gets to the vineyard. And it's the same with us. When Christ calls us into 
this new walk, this new life, we really don't know where he's going to take us. I never saw myself here, you know, 50 years ago or whatever, but here I am. You know, and maybe you didn't see yourself where you're at today. Maybe you saw yourself in a different place, but God moves us where it fits his need if we are responsive to his voice. Just like this, go to work in my vineyard. The son answered him and said, I will not. How many of us have told God no? <laughs> yeah. But it's a good thing here. Afterward, he repented and went. And he came to the second and likewise said, and he answered and said, I go, sir, and went not. Whither of the twain of them did the will of the Father? What really got me thinking about this was uh, Darla and I were talking the other day. We were maybe just in the living room in, in our early morning study and we just got to talking about this and I said, you know, it's easy to say and to proclaim what God or what I'm going to do for God. It's so much harder to do it. You know, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak type thing. And I've just been thinking about this through all this situation while we weren't together, you know. The fact that, you know, we need to be doing what God wants us to do in the vineyard, no matter what it is. You know, and if we've told God no in the past, we need to repent and get busy. It's just like I said before, we're not done. We're really, I think just, uh, you know, if you go to Matthew, I think it's 24 and 25, Jesus begins to share with his disciples all the things that are going to come about. And he said, but this isn't the end. This is just the beginning. You know, it's not here yet. So, you, you know, there's, and there's some hard things in there. So we need to make sure that we're ready and in the battle before it comes. You know, it, it does us no good to prepare for the battle when it hits us. We need to be ready for the battle before it comes. So we need to be like the first son. If we've told the father no, we need to repent and get into the fray of the thing. Get into work. Get into the vineyard and start doing whatever it is that we need to do. We may be manuring the, the ground. We may be clipping the vines. We may be watering. Whatever it takes, whatever God asks us to do is what we need to be doing because God knows what needs to be done. And just as the father sent his sons into the vineyard, I'm sure that he gave the overseers, you know, tell my sons to do this today. This is what needs to be done. He knew what needed to be done, and he, he let, them, let them know what needed to be done. And he does the same for us. But I just want to encourage you today, you know, let your actions speak your life. You know, I'm not saying don't testify. I'm not saying, you know, don't give a, a true testimony. But don't sit here and vow to God things that you're going to do and then not do them. That's not a good place to be in. You know, it's better not to have vowed a vow than to have vowed a vow and not keep it. You know, when you tell God that you're going to do something, you better make sure that you're going to do it. God's desire is that we would be workers together in the vineyard, in his field. Uh, so I want to just encourage you, take thought of what you say. You know, it's like that old saying, words are cheap. You know, we can say a lot of things, but we better do what we say. I was thinking about, uh, you know, I'm trying to think of the scripture now. I think it's in Colossians, but it talks about, let, uh, about deeds and works. You know, or words, maybe is what it is. But anyway, you know, we need to make sure that we're doing what we're saying we're going to do. Uh, and faith without works 
is dead. So we need to be working, working the works of God. We need to be in his vineyard, listening to what he asks us to do and doing what he asks us to do. Hallelujah. Let's don't be like the second son that says, yeah, I'll do this and never does it. You know, when God calls us to do something, let's make sure we go. You know, the best, the best of this world would have been if the son would have said yes and went and done it. <laughs> That's the best, but we don't see that in here. And we see that Jesus in this is talking to the Pharisees and saying, you know, John came to you preaching to you righteousness and you wouldn't accept it. You're like the, the second son that said, yeah, we know all about this, but yet you're not doing it. But then he went, you know, to the heathens, you know, prostitutes, harlots, all those, and they accepted what John said. So they're in the field working now while you're standing around here, you know, and when you told me you would go. So let's make sure we're not like the Pharisees. Let's make sure that we're like the first son that is in the field working. I just want to encourage you with that. You know, it's, it, it's so easy to come right back to what we left and maybe not even be phased by it. I don't know. But I think we need to start paying attention to what's going on. You know, the, these are signs to me of what's about to happen. Uh, you know, for ages and ages, we've talked about Christ's soon return. And I don't know if he's coming soon, but it's beginning to look <laughs> a lot like it, a lot more like it. You know, I think we saw uh, just how easy it is to just shut everything down, to get everybody, you know, separated in a sense. I mean, there have been rumors, you know, of a vaccination that everybody needs to take, and they're going to put a chip in you so that they know that you took that, you know. And I thought, whoa, I never thought about getting a chip into somebody that way. You know, I just thought it was going to be something blatant and right out there that you know right off, you know, the bat. But we just don't know. You know, we know that it's coming, but we don't know how it's coming. So I want to just encourage you. Make sure, you know, it's, it's great to rejoice and praise God. You can't live without it. But that really is to give us strength. That's why we rejoice. That's why we come together and worship and praise us so that God can infuse us with his strength so that we can go out and continue to work in the vineyard. So I want to just encourage you, work and continue to work in God's vineyard today. Father, I just want to thank you for your word. I thank you, Lord, that you've chosen us and you've set before us, Lord, a work that only we can do or that was specifically meant for us, Lord. You can always accomplish whatever needs to be done, Lord, if we don't fulfill our role or our part in this. But, Father, your desire is that we would do what you ask us to do. So, Lord, help us to go into the vineyard. When you ask us to go into the vineyard, Lord, may we just go, yes, I will go, Father, and I will do whatever you want me to do today to make your vineyard a success. Make this work, your kingdom, a success. Father, I just thank you uh, for the blood of Jesus Christ that brings us together. Lord, I, I'm just so amazed by that love that called me out of darkness into light, who gave me life for death. Hallelujah. And Lord, may we realize as we sang that if we're alive, if we're not dead, then you're not done. We give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen.